the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by the Federation for American Immigration Reform and George Rodriguez on 930 AM, The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, welcome to the show on this beautiful August 13th, 2022. We've got a packed show for you as usual. We've got some great hosts. Uh, I really, really am excited, first of all, because we've got um, legendary, legendary, and I mean really, really, I mean, I, I, I'm so tickled that uh, I, I've been able to get this gentleman on my show, uh, Mr. Cal Thomas, uh, just a fan, fan, uh, just a, uh, a legend as far as a common, uh, columnist and uh, author and uh, commentator. I mean, he's been around for, for a long time. And uh, I've been following him since, uh, well, since forever, since I was in college, uh, which doesn't mean, you know, that we're that old. So, please. <laughs> um, but Cal Thomas is on. I got him on because I want him to talk to us about uh, Mar-a-Lago, uh, the uh, ugly incident that has occurred this past uh, week. And uh, I wanted to get him on because he's also written a fantastic book. Uh, that I really, really am helping to promote, and I hope that uh, you'll go out and get it, uh, about the last days of America, and uh, America in decline, it's called. And uh, this is this action by the FBI is further evidence of that, my friends. Uh, we have a moral decline, we have a political decline, and we certainly have an economic decline, in spite of what, uh, what, what uh, Biden and the Democrats are saying. This is an inflation. We have an invasion at the border. Yes, they don't want us to use those words. Inflation, invasion. And uh, we certainly have uh, a corrupt uh, government, uh, federal government. I mean, these folks in D.C., the only thing they care about is their power and uh, their, their unions and uh, getting more uh, money. Uh, it, it really is disturbing. So we've got uh, the situation with the FBI uh, going into Mar-a-Lago and... Uh, Taking some, um, taking some documents, and uh, I mean, in essence, terrorizing political opposition. That's what it's about. So uh, Cal Thomas is is on. He's going to be first. We then have uh, Mr. Jason Jones, uh, my good buddy, who uh, is with Newsmax, Newsmax reporter, and he is going to be talking, uh, giving us an update of what's happening at the border, my friends. It's fascinating. It's hilarious to hear the New York and the D.C. mayors just freaking out because they're getting a couple of busloads of uh, illegal aliens, what, while thousands, and Jason will give you the number, thousands are crossing the border on a daily basis. Uh, then we have um, Mr. A uh, Andrew Arthur with the Center for Immigration Studies. Uh, I reached out to him because I wanted him to give us an update of what is happening in D.C. Uh, with policies, with uh, regulations, etc., etc. Uh, Andrew Arthur is is a wealth of knowledge, so he'll he'll provide us that. Uh, our final guest is my good buddy uh, Todd Benzman, uh, another author, another reporter with the uh, with the Center for Immigration Studies. Uh, Todd's going to be chatting with us about his latest uh, article uh, regarding the um, the well. It, I, I mean, there's no way to uh, other than to call it a freeway that we have now a freeway of um, uh, 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 from. Uh, Central America, from South America, through Central America to, to uh, the U.S. border. I mean, it's literally a freeway. Uh, all sorts of, uh, of uh, avenues have been opened up. Yes, it's still dangerous. Yes, it's still uh, a, uh, 
a long trip. But, my friends, it is now a lot faster, a lot easier than it used to be, and uh, illegal aliens are taking advantage of it. So, without further ado, my friends, let's go to our first guest, Mr. Cal Thomas. Thank you for being with us. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And uh, we've got uh, a, a, our good friend, a columnist and writer, uh, Cal Thomas. Uh, I mean, I, he is he is legendary, and I'm very very fortunate to have him on. I wanted to get him on because he's written a tremendous book, and uh, and we'll talk a little bit about it. But I wanted him to talk to us about this latest situation uh, in uh, at Mar-a-Lago with the action by the um, by the Biden administration by the Justice Department. Cal, thank you for taking time to be with us. Uh, oh, delighted, George. Thanks for having me. And uh, tell us, uh, what are your thoughts given this this latest situation with the Justice Department? And, well, I uh, think that uh, yeah, I think the uh, power of the federal government has been on full display once again, George. And it ought to be troubling, regardless of your position on uh, Donald Trump or Republicans or politics. I mean, if they can do this to him, a former president, they can do it to anybody. Uh, I want to know what is in the uh, warrant, and I want to know what documents they seized. Uh, Former president had given 15 boxes of documents back to the National Archives, and I think this is really uh, overreach. Uh, You know, Merrick Garland uh, said the other day that no one is above the law. Well, clearly that's not true. You look at the southern border, and our laws are being broken every day. Uh, You look at the types of people who are coming in. you look at uh, the whole Hunter Biden uh, family and Joe Biden and uh, his brother, James Biden. Uh, none of their houses have been raided for documents related to Hunter's business deals with China and Ukraine. When are we going to see that? Hillary Clinton had secret documents, classified documents on her private server in her house that she shared with top aide Huma Abedin. The FBI agents haven't shown up to retrieve those documents. So I think that, uh, again, regardless of your feeling about Trump and his character and other things, uh, there is no uh, equality under the law. This looks to an awful lot of people, to Republicans like Marco Rubio and uh, and others, uh, like a political hit. And I think, uh, I think uh, that uh, the Justice Department, the Biden administration, has done more to unite Republicans than perhaps any other effort they could have done. It really is is shameful and and sad when you see this this situation, <clears throat> because not only do we have uh, George Soros funded uh, district attorneys like in New York and in Los Angeles, well, he, even here in San Antonio, uh, where where they are uh, reducing bail based on uh, respecting uh, income and and race. I mean, it it really has has fueled crime in, in our in our community. But now the, I mean the the Justice Department, I mean the 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 FBI. It's very very troubling. Um, in in your book, you talk about the expiration date, uh, and uh, folks, I really encourage you to get it to to, to read it. Uh, America's expiration date. Uh, talk to us a little bit about this. How does all of this play into 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 this? Well, George, uh, America is uh, not unique among nations. I mean, it is unique in terms of its constitution and the freedoms that are offered. But it's not unique in in terms of its survivability. The reason I wrote this book is to uh, look at the history of other superpowers and great nations and the roads to destruction that they took. And the commonality is just amazing. Number one is massive national debt. We are over $30 trillion in debt with no end in sight and with this Congress wanting to spend even more. Uh, so that's number one. Number two, uh, massive uh, immigration without uh, assimilation. Uh, I don't think I need to expand on that very much, given all that is happening in our, in our southern border right now. And then number three, the loss of a shared moral sense and lack of faith in God. We're seeing that everywhere we turn with things that used to be considered abnormal and even abominable, now paraded in the streets, literally, uh, drag queens in kindergarten classes, uh, mixed uh, gender locker rooms and bathrooms, all of these things are indicative of a culture that is in decline. And if we don't turn it around soon, you know, Ronald Reagan used to say we're only one generation away from losing it all. Um, 
then we're going to lose it as well, and we're going to go the way of other nations. There's nothing that uh, says America somehow is going to be preserved if it heads down the same road of other superpowers of the past. What you have seen in your lifetime, uh, I mean, uh, you know, you've been writing and you've been obviously observing everything that's been going on. What are your thoughts about where, where we're at at this point? Well, the answer, I think, is not in politics. Our, our primary uh, problems are not economic and political. They're moral and spiritual. And, uh, you know, I remember during uh, last uh, season's open uh, Medicare uh, enrollment, the ads on television contained four words, all of them, free, entitled, benefit, and deserve. Now, think of this, free, entitled, benefit, and deserve. There was nothing in any of them about your personal responsibility or accountability. The government is now our keeper. We shall not want. Uh, the government is going to take care of us in our middle age, our old age, and every other area of life except uh, for the unborn. Now, uh, if you get to that attitude and you feel that you're a victim and you can't do anything except uh, with government help, and that if you do succeed, you're going to be taxed and regulated as punishment, then that is another formula for the destruction of this nation. That's not what the founders understood. They wanted they wanted government to be limited so the people could be unlimited. Now the people are limited and the government is unlimited. And we're seeing where that is leading with FBI raids and uh, selective law enforcement. I love that, that comment that you made, that you just made about uh, we being uh, unlimited while the government being limited. I mean, uh, we've reached the point where, where it seems like People expect the government to uh, stop the climate from changing. <laughs> well, look at the past, George. I mean, what has government done? What is government doing that it has succeeded at? We hear the same thing every election cycle. We need to spend more on education. Really? Well, we're spending an average of $16,000 per pupil uh, per school in this country. It's one of the highest, if not the highest, in the world. So shouldn't, if money and, and education achievement are related, shouldn't we be having merit scholars all over the place? Uh, we, we hear about cl- climate. You know, We're not going to be able to change the climate. It's called weather. The weather <laughs> changes, you know. Yes, we've had a hot summer, but the hottest record summers were in the 1930s in the United States. And before all of this uh, business about carbon emissions and, and uh, alternative fuels, if we want to go alternative fuels, nuclear is the best way to go. France's power uh, is over half nuclear now, and uh, they're they're trying to wean themselves from oil and uh, and gas. And look, I'm not against electric cars, but the the uh, the foundation has to be in place first. There, it's not in place yet. Yeah, the cost is fifty to sixty thousand dollars. Most people can't afford it. There aren't enough charging stations. The battery life, while it's extend, has extended somewhat from the, from a few years ago, is still not sufficient. Uh, the batteries don't last uh, that long, and they're extremely expensive to uh, produce. And here's another bulletin: the lithium that is required in these batteries comes from foreign countries, namely. Ivory Coast and China. Do we really want to be uh, dependent on uh, nations that don't share our values for these things? So let, let the transition come, but let it come normally and not be forced upon us by climatologists and uh, ideologues who are more interested uh, in forcing us into these cars before they're ready. Meanwhile, they'll fly around in their private and government jets, of course, and in their SUVs, while the rest of us uh, are having to deal with uh, charging stations. <laughs> it is. I mean, I thought, you know, if we send enough money to Al Gore, he'll uh, he'll make summers a little bit more bearable in Texas. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you see all these predictions. The, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said that the world is going to end in just a couple of years unless we uh, invest all this money in climate change. Uh, John Kerry, on one day, he says it's going to end in a couple of years. On another day, he says it's, we only have six months. Uh, back in the 1970s, Newsweek magazine had a cover story on the coming ice age. We were all going to freeze to death. Scientists said so, and we had to trust the scientists. Now we're told we're all going to burn to death. Scientists say so, and we have to trust the scientists. Which is it? <laughs> very, very true. Uh, Uh, Thank you very, very much. We're going to let you go, but I I really, really appreciate you taking time. Tell the folks once again about your book and uh, where they can find it. Well, it's America's expiration date, the fall of superpowers, uh, uh, empires, and the future of the United States. It's on Amazon.com, like about everything else. 
it's a quick read. It's not a long book, but uh, it has some uh, solid history in it. And as George Santayana famously said, those who learn nothing from history are doomed to repeat it. That's so true. That's so true. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us today. Folks, we've, Thank been, you, George. we've been speaking with our good friend, Mr. Cal Thomas, legendary uh, columnist and commentator. Thank you very, very much. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. And uh, we've got uh, our good friend, Mr. Jason Jones, uh, expert in, uh, in crime at the border, as well as Newsmax reporter. And I wanted to get him in so that he could give us an update of what is happening at the border, because... Um, Jason, it doesn't look like uh, D.C. or or New York want any illegal aliens, uh, but they sure don't seem to care about how many are crossing the border over here. George, as always, buddy, it's good to be with you, and you're absolutely right. You know, um, this thing that is happening along the southwest border continues at an unprecedented level with people crossing illegally. But then not only that, you know, really tectonic shifts taking place. Let me give you real quick a little bit of what I'm talking about. So I just broke nationwide on Newsmax, the latest numbers coming in from U.S. Customs and Border Protection for the month of July. And Border Patrol apprehended 185,000 people at the southwest border. Now, once you add the Office of Field Operations, which are the officers who are working on your ports of entry, it's going to put us right at around 200,000 apprehensions. So the numbers will drop a little bit, which is normal as normal migration patterns drop um, around this time of year, starting in July. Uh, so you will continue to see through September and, or through August and September a continuation of uh, numbers going down. That's normal. But you have to remember since October of this year, this puts CBP apprehensions at over 1.9 million people. Gotaways at over 500,000. And when I'm looking at what I'm seeing here right now, we've seen a tectonic shift in people coming from Rio crossing illegally into the country in Rio Grande Valley, where, you know, usually the highest numbers are now moving to Del Rio. And I'm looking at the apprehension numbers from Border Patrol. They had 51,674 apprehensions in the Del Rio sector. In Rio Grande Valley, George, 36,078. And I've never seen that before. And this is why you're hearing about so much activity happening in the Del Rio area and in the Eagle Pass area right now. So that's really the major trends that are occurring on the southwest border today. You know, we keep hearing the, the argument that, uh, in fact, uh, this past week here in San Antonio, uh, the Democrat uh, sheriff, Salazar, held a town hall meeting on illegal immigration. Well, they called it migration. Uh, and uh, they refused to use the word invasion. There were several people that spoke. And they quit. Uh, they they did not want to use the term invasion. Uh, I I, it, I mean, one point nine million certainly sounds like an invasion. Well, and it is, and and I use that term on national television. I use it here because it is absolutely what the American people are feeling who live in Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and California. And you're now even hearing from the New York mayor and the Washington D.C. mayor who have declared emergencies because uh, Governor Abbott has been busing uh, migrants into their cities. And even they realize that they are feeling the pressure as well. So we have to put it in perspective. You know, Texas alone is feeling thousands of people in just a mo in the morning hours. So we've been going through this as a border state for years now, and now the rest of the country is feeling this pressure wave. Now, the question you have to ask is, why do they not want to use the word invasion? Well, the reason for that is because under the U.S. Constitution, it clearly defines and gives powers to governors. If they declare an invasion, they now have the authority to do whatever they need to do to repel that invasion. And that would include deporting people. And so I think what you're going to see in the, in the near future is major tectonic shifts in what governors are willing to do to use the U.S. Constitution. And it's why the Democratic Party, who has caused this problem, and specifically the Biden-Harris administration, have not only caused it, but now we're feeling the, the, the impacts from it, that 
you're going to see states start to take the things in their own hands. I mean, George, we've got two more years of this, and this is unsustainable for the nation. We've got uh, the situation here in San Antonio where the uh, mayor has, uh, the city the city has actually asked uh, customs and border enforcement to stop sending illegal aliens to their migrant center because it's being overwhelmed. And not only is the center being overwhelmed, they are now sending uh, the overflow to uh, nonprofits in downtown. And we've got an illegal alien homeless problem now downtown. I mean, we, we seem to be, the Democrats seem to be complicating the matter. Well, and let me let me just add to it, because you have to remember, when you have a massive migration and invasion like what we're seeing right now, you have cascading impacts of criminal activity that are taking place. Let me give you another great example. Look at the stolen vehicles in San Antonio. You live in San Antonio, George. You know what I'm talking about. Trucks and cars daily being stolen in the city of San Antonio, taken down the I-35 corridor being used to smuggle people into the United States illegally. Many of these vehicles are involved in pursuits daily in Texas. You know, they have had thousands, I want to say that again, thousands of pursuits involving uh, alien smuggling organizations directly working with Cartel del Nordeste, um, where they're stealing these cars, taking them down there, taking the seats out of them, and then using them all day and all night to move people illegally into the country who are runners. Never mind what the federal government has decided to do legally based on the policies of the administration. Look at the drug epidemic we're under, all directly linked to this. Look at M.A., uh, Texas Mexican Mafia, operating out of San Antonio, working directly with Cartel Del Nordeste and Cartel de Gapa moving in illegal drugs into your community and working with other U.S.-based gangs. So you are feeling many other impacts directly linked to this border policy by the Biden-Harris administration. The, uh, you know, again, that what you're raising is very, very disturbing because uh, we also have a, a George Soros-funded district attorney that seems to be releasing uh, repeat offenders left and right. So not only do we have an open border, we've got uh, uh, aliens that we don't know who they are connecting with uh, with domestic criminals. And uh, I mean, it, it, this this thing just seems to be ball just snowballing out of control. Well, George, you also had we can't forget. You had a mass casualty event involving human smuggling from Cartel de la Neste, which where uh, where you had an 18 wheeler with all of those people found deceased in the back of that truck, and that we now know from the Homeland Security investigations was completely a Cartel de la Neste operation occurring hundreds of miles into Texas in San Antonio. If that isn't the thing that is a major tripwire for all of your listeners and the people living in San Antonio as to how you're being impacted when you have had the worst mass casualty event that killed 53 migrants in one incident, what's going to wake up the American people? If that doesn't do it, George, I don't know what else is left. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it again, the blame keeps coming back. The, uh, the, the liberal media... And the, the liberals and progressives keep blaming the uh, immigration laws for not being for not being open enough to allow people to come in. I guess you know uh, the Castro twins, for example. Uh, it, they claim that it, uh, if these people had had an open border, they wouldn't have had to sneak in. Well, you know, they were sneaking in anyway. For crying out loud, I don't understand it. Well, there's another side to this and no one talks about it, and that is the criminal side, the criminal underworld of these cartels, their influence in San Antonio, into Texas, and now throughout this nation. And you see it in the overdose death crisis. If we are under the impression that they are not going to do everything they can to exploit these weaknesses, you see it playing out in the discussion we're having right now. And we have to literally look at them as a significant factor here, even though... Most of the media never talks about them and never covers it because at the end of the day, I can tell you this, they will not stop. And all 
you have to do is look at what's happening in Mexico, look at what is now happening in our country to see where this is going to end. And until we go after them, until we change these policies, and it doesn't matter, Republicans and Democrats, they're going to have to fix what they're doing because they are both failing the American people right now. And the American people see it. That's the truth of where we really are. What is happening is not working. It's, you know, it, it is very, very disturbing what is happening, babe. Uh, Jason, I'm going to let you go, but tell the folks how they can follow you and where they can uh, where they can uh, look at your news. Absolutely, Georgia. Just one last thing I want to leave on this, and that is that what is happening is absolutely fixable. Don't let anyone tell you, if you're listening out there on national media, that it's not, because it absolutely is. And when we get our local, state, and federal law enforcement back in focus and we start attacking the problem, that's where we're going to win. You can find me on Newsmax at jasonjones.com. Uh, on uh, the web as well, but every day we're trying. I'm down here right now, George, in McAllen, Texas. I was out till six a.m. in Roma, Texas. I'm watching some things. I mean, the trafficking of people wearing wristbands. I saw last night a child just weeks old with one on on their arm. So, you know, this is fixable, but these these problems are not going to stop if we don't make some serious changes. Good to be with you, George. You got it. Once again, my friends, we've been speaking with our good friend, Mr. Jason Jones from Newsmax. And uh, Jason, you stay uh, stay safe out there, and we'll be getting you on again for an update. Sounds good, buddy. Always good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got our good friend, uh, Mr. Andrew Arthur from the Center for Immigration Studies. I wanted to get him on because there's two issues that have popped up. Uh, really a third one regarding New York and D.C.'s reaction to busing illegal aliens. But we're going to talk first of all. Art, let me ask you about two things. First of all, the Remain in Mexico policy uh, has been lifted by the Biden administration. And uh, secondly, there's this issue that uh, of polls that says uh, Americans are uh, getting tired of illegal immigration. Welcome to the show. Talk to us, buddy. Yeah, no. So, uh, and thank you for having me. Uh, Title 42, or... Uh Remain in Mexico was a Trump administration policy that was implemented in January of 2019 in response to what then DHS Secretary Kirsten Nielsen described as a border emergency. We saw 851,000-plus uh, illegal entrants come into the southwest border uh, in 2019. The, uh, the Trump administration knew that it had to do something, so... It took a statutory provision that allows it to uh, send migrants who have entered the United States illegally over a land border back across that border to await their uh, removal hearings. That was Remain in Mexico. Trump uh, actually returned about 70,000 illegal migrants back across the border under that program. In the October 2019 assessment, DHS uh, described it as an indispensable tool for uh, addressing uh, illegal immigration. Notwithstanding that fact, the Biden administration, candidate Joe Biden at least, didn't like uh, MPP, Remain in Mexico. And so shortly after he took office, he suspended the program. That prompted the states of Texas and Missouri to sue to... uh, force the Biden administration to reinstate Remain in Mexico. On June 1, uh, 2021, uh, DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, while that case was pending, actually terminated the program. That prompted a federal judge in Texas, Matthew Kaczmarek, to issue an injunction to force the Biden administration again to continue Remain in Mexico. That went all the way up to the Supreme Court, and on June 30th, uh, the Supreme Court ruled that uh, Judge Kaczmarek didn't have the authority to enjoin uh, the end of Remain in Mexico. Uh, the judgment for that was issued 30 days after that decision on August 1. And so the case is now back before Judge Kaczmarek, who was forced to lift his prior injunction. The Biden administration has acted very quickly to bring the migrants uh, to be, uh, begin the process to 
uh, bring the migrants, 5,700 plus, that it had sent back under its very limited uh, Remain in Mexico policy back to the United States. So, of course, that goes back to Judge Kazmarek's court. Uh, he may rule uh, on a second uh, try that the Biden administration had to end that program on October the 29th. Uh, so this may not be the end of Remain in Mexico, but uh, for the time being, that successful policy is dead. Oh, that's, you know, that's incredible. So in other words, they sent them back and now they're bringing them back. Yeah, and it's interesting uh, because directly after Biden uh, took office, in fact, three weeks after he took office, he began a program to bring 25,000 uh, illegal entrants who had been sent back across the border into the United States. So oh, 25,000 that had been sent back under Trump were brought back in under Biden. Now Biden's bringing in the 5,700 that he was forced to send back across the border as well. Now, this comes on the heels of uh, there's going to be announcement. I, I just got uh, word a little while ago that um, the number of, uh, of aliens apprehended uh it is at 1.9 million at this point under the Biden administration. That's that. That's an alarming number. That is an alarming number. Yeah, and just to put that into uh, context, for your that is the largest number of illegal migrants ever apprehended in any year in U.S. history at the southwest border. Records go back to 1925 uh, when 20,000, just over 20,000 people were stopped at the U.S.-Mexico line. So when you're talking about 1.9 million, that's 300,000 more, almost 300,000 more than Border Patrol has ever apprehended. And, uh, as you well know, but for, our, for your listeners, uh, you know, back when we were setting records in the early 2000s, when we got about 1.6 million people enter illegally, they were almost all single adult males from Mexico. Border Patrol could handle them very quickly. Uh, most of them were simply allowed to voluntarily return back to Mexico. It's a very quick process. 40%, almost 40% of all the migrants who have been apprehended thus far in 2022 are uh, from Mexico. And they're not from the Northern Triangle countries, El Salvador, Guatemala, or Honduras either. They're long-distance migrants. We've got thousands of them from Russia and China coming over the southwest border, if you can imagine, uh, tens of thousands of Venezuelans and Cubans as well. So uh, once those individuals come to the United States, um, unless they are expelled under Title 42, uh, CDC orders uh, issued in response to the pandemic that the Biden administration is also attempting to lift, um, they're going to be released into the United States. They're going to join the 1.129 million uh, illegal entrance at the border that the Biden administration has already released into the United States. And, and that, that is really alarming. Now, uh, a poll that came out apparently yesterday, uh, uh, on, uh, on Tuesday, should I say, uh, that came out seems to indicate that the American public uh, is getting tired of illegal immigration, that they are, that they are not uh, as welcoming as... Uh, they have been in the past. Um, do you think uh, that this will have any kind of impact on uh, the discussion regarding uh, the border crisis? I don't think that it's going to have any impact on the discussion uh, involving the border crisis because the Biden administration really just doesn't seem to care what the electorate thinks. Uh, President Biden's immigration policies have been unpopular almost since the beginning, but that definitely spiked uh, about two months into his administration in late March of 2021 when pictures emerged of uh, migrant processing centers down at the southwest border uh, that showed, you know, hundreds of children wrapped up in mylar blankets sleeping on the floor. Uh, because, you know, Biden uh, terminated many of these successful Trump policies that had deterred uh, migrants from entering the United States, and the Biden administration instead substituted a non-deterrence policy at the southwest border right now. Uh, it is the official policy of the Biden administration not to deter any foreign national from entering the United States. Rather, as DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas told Brett Baer on Fox News back on May 1, the administration views it as its duty to provide safe, orderly, and legal pathways for uh, illegal migrants to access our legal system. So it basically to make uh, asylum claims. So the Biden administration 
uh, is not attempting to deter migrants from entering the United States uh, illegally. Rather, it's attempting to facilitate and expedite their asylum claims here. Consequently, you know, the American people, you know, are, are dissatisfied with Biden's uh, policies. We know that from, uh, you know, tens of opinion polls that have been issued in the interim. But uh, the other day, uh, Gallup issued a poll that asked uh, respondents whether they wanted to see uh, immigration kept at its present level increased or decreased. And it actually uh, reflected a change in uh, a change in that poll from just a couple of years back. 38% of those who were polled said that immigration should be decreased. Just 27% said that it should be increased, and 31% said that it should be kept at its current level. So 69% either want immigration to remain static or to be decreased. This follows hot on a poll that was issued by The Economist and YouGov last week of 1,500 U.S. citizens. And they were asked, and this was heartbreaking, it asked respondents, quote, in general, do you think immigration makes the U.S. better off or worse off or does it not make much difference? In that poll, 31% said that immigration makes the United States better off. 22% said it doesn't make any difference. 12% weren't sure. But the heartbreaking part is that 35% of respondents stated that it makes the country worse off. Um, as you know, the uh, you know, Center for Immigration Studies, you know, uh, calls for enforcement of the immigration laws and, you know, calls uh, for, you know, uh, immigration levels that are in the national interest. But we're a pro-immigration group. Uh, and for that reason, you know, what's evident, uh, what has evidently happened is that the Biden border policies have turned the American people off to the very concept of legal immigration and to the importance of legal immigration. So that was an inevitable consequence of the no borders policy that Biden has. Um, and yes, I think it's going to have an effect in the midterm elections. I think that uh, immigration is a major issue for many uh, voters. Uh, a majority of Americans say that they're very concerned that they're concerned or very concerned about illegal immigration at the southwest border. And I think that that is going to play a role in uh, some important races, certainly congressional races in the Rio Grande Valley and South Texas. Uh, as well as congressional or senatorial races in Arizona, Nevada, uh, New Hampshire, and Georgia. Oh, my gosh. Uh, real quick, because we've only got about a minute left, uh, do you see any end to this situation? I don't. Um, the only uh, thing that I think is going to knock the Biden administration off of its current tra uh, trajectory is either a wipeout in the midterm elections, uh, of Democrats, because if Republicans control the House and the Senate, they're going to control funding, uh, and they can force the Biden administration to, you know, actually do what every prior presidency has done and have a deterrence policy at the southwest border, or alternatively, and this I really don't want to see happen, uh, is a major attack on the uh, homeland of the United States. Uh, and it's inevitable. Uh, DA, uh, FBI Director Christopher Ray the other day talked about uh, the significant, uh, you know, dangers of this border. Um, and so, you know, it is probably just a matter of when. It would be better if the Biden administration shifted its policies now and went to uh, a, an enforcement policy at the border to protect the American people. You got it. Folks, we've been speaking with our good friend, Andrew Arthur from the Center for Immigration Studies in Washington, D.C. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. And we've got our good friend, Mr. Todd Benzman, from the Center for Immigration Studies. Uh, Todd, welcome to the show. Uh, I want to talk to you about your, uh, your latest uh, article because... We've been doing some, uh, I've been doing some interviews here in San Antonio, and uh, we've, uh, we're seeing a lot of folks taking a new route that's a faster route, an easier route, uh, and uh, a lot more people arriving at the border. In fact, uh, I understand that the count uh, for the uh, fiscal year is going to be about 1.9 million contacts or uh, or uh, folks that have been met at the border 
Uh, so, well, welcome to the show. Talk to us. Tell us about first of all about uh, your new article and uh, sure. what you're what you're finding out. Sure. Well, I think the there's been a sea change in immigration from the rest of the world uh, to the United States border in the Darien Gap jungle and in Mexico, two spots where diplomatic activity, shuttle diplomacy by Biden administration officials in the last several months uh, coincided with uh, Panama shortening the length and duration and time and danger even of the Darien Gap passage between Colombia and Panama, very important migratory route that connects the the South America to Central America. You have to pass through there. Ten days usually is what it would take. Uh, now, under these uh, the the new uh, the new shortcut is about two days, maybe three days. Uh, there's a shortcut on the Caribbean side of Panama, if you can picture that for a minute, and another shortcut on the Pacific Coast side. So the boats, smuggler boats, are allowed to land further up coast so that they can have the benefit of a shorter duration trip to civilization in Panama. And then, of course, once they have civilization, then they are, the, the rest of it is just straight on up through to Mexico. Uh, that is a very significant change. Uh, all of the major American media were out there in the Darien Gap in late 2021 because the numbers were historic, going through there, 130, 140,000 people in a single year, 2021, uh, where the normal year is like, you know, maybe 10,000 or less. Uh, we had 130, 140,000 through there, so it drew all kinds of media attention. Those media outlets, New York Times, Washington Post, etc., have yet to uh, report on the latest and greatest development, which is that it's now just a shortcut, a hop, skip, and a jump to get in. Uh, that means that you know the entire world can access the U.S. border much quickly, much more quickly, and much easier. So um, the other thing that uh, happened that is significant is that Mexico had been holding up migrants at its southern border with Guatemala until they built up to 40, 50, 60,000. And then they would let them go, but that would take three, four, five months. They'd block them up down there to slow things down at our border. And that has now been replaced after very intense shuttle diplomacy with the Biden administration by quick pass visas that are just being handed out to everybody. It lets them go straight to the southern border without delay. Uh, So many people are availing themselves of these quick pass uh, transit visas. Uh, However, that it's taking a week or a couple weeks for them to get it. There's a long line. Uh, because it's also now easier to get through the Darien Gap. So between the Darien Gap and the New Mexico uh, circumstance, I call this a, uh, a brand new superhighway to the American border from the, connecting the entire world. Well, it certainly seems to be that because the number of people that are arriving at the border now is, uh, is phenomenal. I mean, I remember the days when we used to talk about, you know, that there was uh, that there were 50 40 people uh, being apprehended at the border. Now it's, you know, in the hundreds every day, almost, you know, uh, hourly. And, uh, you know, here in San Antonio, uh, there are so many that are arriving to be processed that there's an overflow and many are ending up in the streets. So now we have the phenomenon of uh, homeless illegal aliens as well. uh, As domestic, as domestic homeless. I don't know where, where, where we're headed, buddy. Straight up, in terms of numbers, into the ionosphere, uh, they're going to be lifting Title 42 at some point. That's the last remaining speed bump to the much-abused asylum system. That's the whole point. We want to give every, they want to give everybody access to this asylum system that is really nothing more than a mechanism to get past Border Patrol, and then they just blow it off uh, or disappear if they lose 
And so uh, I think what you're seeing is, you know, people coming through to take advantage of the opportunity, the rare opportunity of a president allowing everybody to get in. It's, it's unprecedented, encouraging everybody to get in and stay and to stay in. So you have this incredible, dramatic pull on the entire world. You know, more than 40% of everybody reaching the border is from other than Mexico or Central America. They're from 150 countries around the world. And now they have this super highway in. They're already, most of them are being allowed uh, in through Title 42. And uh, soon the rest of them will be allowed in. And so those numbers are... They can only go one direction with with policies like that, and that is up, and not at a not at a slight angle up, but at a direct straight ninety degree angle up. You know, like a like a shuttle. Yeah, and and the the people that I've spoken to, the interviews that I have done here in San Antonio, of uh, of these Venezuelans and uh, Cubans and everybody else has been, uh, you know, has shown that these folks are all economic refugees. I mean, under under normal circumstances, they would not qualify for an asylum. However, they are all claiming asylum uh, because of economic of the economic situation in their home country. I mean, uh, it, it is an absolute total abuse of our system. Well, the thing to remember about the Venezuelans is, is that, remember that, they, they left their country's economic collapse, and it's an economic collapse, uh, years ago already, and have been living comfortably in surrounding countries, about six million of them. During the Trump years, they wouldn't dare bother coming to the U.S. because they knew the border really was closed. Nobody's going to come for the great Mexican dream. So... Um, uh, what your Venezuelans will tell you, if you ask them the question right, is that they decided to leave after years in Argentina and Colombia and you know, Peru and Chile and Brazil and everywhere else uh, because they heard Biden had opened the border. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly what they told us. That well, the opportunity that is because, now. Right. So it's policy. It has nothing to do with the economic collapse of their country. That was years ago. They were already safe and sound and earning. Uh, so now they just, uh, you know, the policy opened the border. And it's just that simple. I mean, anybody who, you know, denies that hasn't talked to a Venezuelan who crossed the border. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? Well, yeah. we're, we're here at this situation. The Biden administration shows no, uh, no desire to, uh, to change anything of what's going on. Uh, yet they don't want us to use the term invasion. What do you think? Well, you know, listen, the fact of the matter is that they come out and say frequently that their immigration policy is safe, orderly, and humane transit into the country. <laughs> that's, that's the extent of it. Nothing about blocking deportation, slowing, ending stopping all illegal immigration, which is the law, only facilitation and um, access to the asylum system that is their, their top their top goal, according to Alejandro Mayorkas, who told Brett Baer uh, recently that his, his policy objective was not to use deportation but to make sure that everybody who comes to the border can avail themselves of our legal process, meaning asylum. I mean, if, you, if that's your policy, that's a, that's a no-borders policy. That means you have no border. And, and we, we really, truly don't at this point. I mean, it's so obvious that uh, whoever comes to the border is going to get in, and we don't even know what condition they're in as far as their health. We don't know what... Uh, uh, what motives they've got for coming into the country. We don't, uh, I mean, we're seeing that most of them are now arriving without, uh, that are penniless and uh, with no sponsor. And, uh, you know, we don't know anything about their criminal background. But other than that, I guess it's okay. 
Well, it's the ultimate stranger danger. I mean, I'm with every mom in America and every school teacher and principal in America about stranger danger. I mean, most of the people crossing, or, or let's just say a great many, don't even have identification. Yeah. Like, you know, my name is Mickey Mouse. You know, that's the extent of it. Yeah, come on in. And that's the end of it. Buddy, we're going to let you go, but uh, thank you for taking time to be with us. We've been speaking with our good friend, Mr. Todd, Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. Tell them where they can find you and about your book. That's right. My book is America's Covert Border War. Uh, you can find that on Amazon uh, about the jihadist threat. My social media is tbenzman at getter, tbenzman at getter. You can also find me on Twitter, Benzman Todd. Got it, buddy. Thank you very, very much, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Once again, my friends, thank you for joining us today. Uh, I really, really appreciate everyone's support and everyone joining us. Please remember that, um, tell your friends to, uh, if, if they miss the show uh, on our uh, radio station or uh, podcast, they can always go to uh, El Conservador, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Uh, there's a uh, Three uh, on Facebook. There are three sites on Facebook. Should I say there are three? There are there is the um, website elconservador.net, and uh, there's also a LinkedIn uh, site where you can go and click on and listen to the show uh, after the show. And um, once you click on that link, you can also um, go to uh, listen to uh, other shows, older shows. So uh, I really, really appreciate everyone's um, uh, support, assistance. Uh, I also have a book, El Conservador Conservative Opinions. It's all about my conservative opinions. <laughs> so um, uh, I invite you to please uh, go to Amazon or anywhere that you buy books and uh, purchase the book. It helps us uh, pay the bills. And uh, I, uh, again, want to thank uh, the, Fer the Federation for American Immigration Reform Fair in Washington, D.C. for supporting and uh, sponsoring our program. So, folks, thank you, thank you once again for being with us. Next week, we'll have another great show, same time, same station. And uh, we look forward to uh, providing you the best and most informative uh, show that we can regarding illegal immigration, race relations, and the fake news. Until next time. George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>